in New York City. Today's episode, we recap the round of 16. Who advanced? Who's been eliminated? It was the inaugural race at the Charlotte Roval. Was it exciting? Heck yeah, it was. Should they do it again? We'll discuss. Then we'll look ahead to the opening race of the round of 12 at Dover International Speedway. And now, for the most famous words in motorsports, this is DIT3. Into the fall, the IndyCar season is finished. We're, ra- we're starting to wrap up racing seasons left and right now. Yep, the local stuff's done. The Cup Series and uh, the top three divisions, uh, they're going to go on for a little bit longer. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out. Sort of like the World Series, it, it, the NASCAR playoffs just kind of overstay their welcome by yeah. the end of it, I feel Sort of like. like the NHL playoffs, too. Yeah, There's got to be a best of seven in the first round. Why? More hockey, more <laughs> hockey, man. I, yeah. I don't. The the uh, hockey playoffs is absolutely brutal. Yeah. But also incredibly exciting when your team is in it. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I'm just like, okay. Oh, there's a playoff game on in June. Stanley Cup game on. Yeah. It's like it's after my birthday. So it's like the Fourth of <laughs> July almost. Yeah. Well, I don't think we have to worry about either the Islanders or Rangers being in the playoffs this year. I don't know about that. I have my it's the beginning of the season, and I always have a lot of optimism going into a brand new Islanders season. As the presidential alert came out yesterday, Barzol is better than Tavares. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I agree with our president wholeheartedly when that we do not need such a mama's boy center like John Tavares anymore. Good riddance. Good luck in Toronto, you bastard. All right, let's get into some racing and go into the winner's circle. Champion, I'm so Champion, nice. 
in the Crit Modifies, feature winner and champion Mike Wiskoski. In the Super Pro Trucks, feature winner and champion Mark Stewart. In the Blunderbuss, feature winner and champion Chad Hanley Jr. And in the Figure Rates, feature winner Tom Farah and champion Tom Rogers Jr. And in the IMAX Legends, feature winner Richard David Alwitz Jr. And champion James Sylvester. IndyCar season wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. Scott Dixon is the 2018 season champion. Fitting for the Racer movie. It's coming to theaters soon. Now, about, about, about Scott Dixon and IndyCar drivers. And I can't wait to see it. Lewis Hamilton made a great pass on Sebastian Vettel, winning the Russian Grand Prix. And most importantly, the Vegas bounced its first place 159 points in second at the K Racing 128. Third, White Flag Lap 136. In fourth, Florida Sports 134. And up top five, Racing 126. The White Flag Lap is the regular season champion. Congrats. Congratulations. But I really awarded no bonus points. There is absolutely zero point to changing the lost a couple of league members because the rules were a bit unclear. We kind of talked about it throughout the season. We weren't 100% sure how it was going to play out. But some of the guys were a little unclear with that. They saved their driver and find out that they didn't need to be able to We only wound up with like 8 people in this last race. 10, 10, 10 votes, man. Yeah, so we have a full 10. Hey, you got a great feature race with 10. Close this week. I know Vegas fans happy for the big win, and the Brady Bunch team became the first place position. And so, with two races left in the waiver round, this week, getting pretty close here. The process is reset. We used everybody, and we're going to finish up with a double point race at Vega. But I was lucky enough to take victory last week. And also,
Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones, and then I could not believe it, the turn of events at the end of this race, but Jimmy Johnson will have to wait for eight. Ooh, and I, I like that. Uh, I stole it from Kyle Petty. Oh, okay. I can't, uh, I can't come up with anything as good as KP. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was kind of on the bubble. I didn't know if Jimmy Johnson was going to make it through or not, but I did tell you, months ago that Austin Dillon would not make it <laughs> past the first round. And I was right. There was a point in the race where he was above the cut line and was looking pretty good. And he just got caught up with, I can't remember. I think it was William Byron cut the tire and he went into the wall. They got fixed. He got back out there and was making some headway and coming back up through the field and then wrecked again. They walked out, they gave the sign, said we're yeah. done, pulled it behind the wall. And it was, at that point, the first guy is eliminated from the playoff, just yeah. like that. And man, that must be a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, especially at the Roval, where it's the first time on this racetrack, no one knew what to expect, and it wasn't. I mean, practice was just like mayhem with these guys hitting that wall on the backstretch. Yeah, I couldn't uh, believe the way it, things were in practice to the way they were in the race. The yeah. race was much more tame. Or they were trying to keep defenders on it. Say, yeah. Well, that's what they do when when you're racing on a road course. You got to find the limits, and right. that's what they were doing. And yeah. Bubba Wallace found the limit by driving <laughs> right through that wall. <laughs> yeah, but even like the start of the race, they said it perfectly. You know, this the first time they were going in too wide. Everyone went in like pretty cautiously. You know, got through the first lap, no incidents, incidences, um, and really there wasn't a major wreck until 
that restart with like seven to go where <laughs> they just yeah. all got bottled up going into the heartburn turn or whatever. Oh, the Tums it. heartburn turn. Yeah. And how many times did we have to hear that? Yeah. Uh, Rick Allen with the, they're in a Tums heartburn turn. <laughs> oh my goodness. Rick Allen, please. Can you like, just, I don't know if it's too much excitement or not enough excitement. It's like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's like someone just tried to like, they thought they were like shaking up a uh, like a bottle of champagne, but instead it was like a bottle of mayonnaise or something. I don't know. It just was. He's just horrendous, and there's just so much going on in the booth now between Rick Allen, yeah. Steve Letarte, Jeff Burton, Dale Jr. Yeah. Everyone is just shouting, and then they're throwing it down to the pit, uh, uh, the garage, and they got yeah. Dale Jarrett and Kyle Petty down there. And now, and Chris Devota's hosting that, yeah. and they're constantly going, Rutledge Wood, where is Rutledge Wood? He's going <laughs> yeah. to be somewhere during the race. I mean, I kind of like that segment. Yeah, they got, like, Kyle Petty and Dale Jarrett, like, what, like, where do they fit in with it? But they're, like, awesome, so. I, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing a little bit because I actually do like the NBC coverage. Oh, I do. I like it way more than Fox. I, I, way, way more. Yeah. I, I think the Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett, Little thing they they got after yeah. the post race victory lane thing. I think it's great. Chris Vota's she's fantastic yeah. w- with racing and she's a like a good TV host. And I just I love just well, Kyle Petty was my favorite driver forever yeah. and also <laughs> a big Dale Jarrett fan. I think Dale Jarrett following in the footsteps of his old man Ned Jarrett. I think of, of between both networks and everybody. I think Dale Jarrett's the best. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess I can agree with that. Yeah, think so. Yeah. Way better than DW. Well, DW, we're let's let's just Jeff tr- Gordon's pretty good, but actually, I mean, I love- wow, look at this. <laughs> uh, I love Junior. In wow, the look at this. <laughs> oh, Junior's. An, I love Junior. He yeah. gets into it, but he's yeah. just oh, they're, they're spinning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I like about it. Because you know? yeah. it's just like he's watching the race. Yeah. Just- yeah, but Rick Allen, it's like, are, are you a NASCAR fan? Do you know what's going out on the track? Because he just starts talking, and then he'll stop. He'll be like, they're in turn two, and they're across the finish line. Yeah. They're like, what? he just, like, starts and stops talking. It's like, what do you, like... And he does, and it's also, right when they're going, they're two, they're side by side, and he's yeah. just going to be like, and Martin Truex Jr. on the outside, and... He's just his first short track race that he's ever going to win. It's like, okay, great. You've told us that about 45 times today. Yeah. I got it. He yeah. hasn't won on a short track yet. Okay? I get it. It's the first time at the Roval. Yeah. All he has is for the first Roval win. Martin Truex. Jimmy. J- I just. Rick Allen, please. That he, he's, he's way out to be phased out. I'm sorry. I don't like to call for anybody to be losing their job, but we got enough people up. In the, there's about an eight-person team. I don't know if they're starting a, like a like a baseball lineup or right. a broadcast team. And doesn't Jeff Burton sound like he always has a cold? <laughs> Jeff Burton is like struggling, just trying to find his place in this whole thing right yeah. now because they got the crew chief guy and Dale Junior's in there, and again they got Jeff Burton. That's Great, you led 300 laps at a race at New Hampshire, but it's it's like okay, Jeff Burton or Wally Dollenbach. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. one do I have? My right hand or left <laughs> hand? Pick one. All right, let's get back on track with the Roval stuff. First time at the Roval. <laughs> 
Uh, so I was surprised the way it started. Like you said, it was a very cautious start. They filed through that first turn. And it was really cool to listen to the tire screeching, that infield part. Yeah. Great elevation changes and pretty technical through there. The guys made some contact, but for the most part, uh, just real tight racing with a few opportunities to pass in the interior. And it was cool watching them come up onto the banking and taking that high line around. And then they that little backstretch chicane, I wasn't a big fan of it at the time, but it was kind of a little cool obstacle almost it was like but more than like a turn or a corner it was just like an obstacle i felt like yeah but as like a road course they literally made like every turn a turn where it's like when you're on the road course like there may be like two or three turns that are part of like, like one like a, turn right i give like a 3a 3b yeah like a this double was a like 17 turns because the chicane had to be two different turns yeah the chicane like, should be one turn you don't yeah. have to be like coming out of turn 18 <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I was not a fan of this. I was not a fan of it when they announced it. I was not looking forward to it as like, as it was coming up. Um, even watching the race, I was like, eh, this like, I was, I was telling you before, like comparing it to, uh, the 24 hours of Daytona, very similar track layout. And it's cool to watch the sports cars do that for 24 hours, but there's just something about stock cars on a roval like I, don't know, I just couldn't get into it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you because I like that they shook it up. What I didn't like was why did this race have to be an elimination race? Why did this race have to be in the playoffs? I'm okay with it because one of the arguments people wanted a road course in the playoffs for a more diverse layout for mm-hmm. the the championship. That's great. But we would have preferred an actual road course to the Roval. But I just don't think it should have been an elimination race. It should have been either the kickoff a segment or the second race. But I think that the schedule needs a Roval now. Because if they're going to... And I think this is the future of NASCAR has more road courses in it. It's been very exciting the last few seasons. And there's a lot of strategy that we could, that they, they use during the race. And I just think if they are going to explore going to other tracks and circuits, then a, a Roval should be on the, on the schedule. And I also think that the schedule should be organic, changing a little bit, where they were at the Charlotte Roval this year, but next year in the playoffs, maybe they go to the Kansas Roval after doing... the two races at Charlotte in the oval configuration. I would not want to see another roller race at any track. Ever again? No. So I agree with you that there should be a road course race in the playoffs. I think NASCAR, they obviously just did this to please the fans because everyone's been asking for that for years now, or the last couple of years. And there's, the sanctioning uh, of the tracks, uh, all, you know, all the contracts, whatever, expire, I think, in 2020. So then they can kind of reevaluate the schedule and maybe put an actual road course in there. So maybe the Roval is just this little, like, stopgap until they get, you know, an actual road course into the schedule. I think right now that's what's happening. However, when the time comes, I don't see in a 36-race schedule where there is room to add another road course in the playoffs. Somebody's well, going to have to lose a race. Well, I like your idea of kind of that rotating schedule idea because we've said this before. 
there's only two companies that control basically every track on the circuit except for two tracks. So if you go to Charlotte once a year or you or you go to uh, Kentucky once a year, you know, uh, SMI can at least, you know, rotate through their own portfolio of tracks. But maybe instead of having the Xfinity series as like that double header at some of the tracks, maybe if uh, if Kentucky isn't on the cup schedule one year, they're still racing on the Xfinity schedule. So that way those employees that work at those tracks still, you know, have still get to work and, you know, make money. Yeah. But the thing with the Xfinity series and the truck series being companions to the Monster Energy Cup series is that it's a bigger weekend show and it's supposed yeah, to be Yeah, but bring... no one shows up for those races. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you look at the stands during Xfinity or a truck race, there's no one there. It's only for TV. So what, like... So I... how are these tracks even making money if you're going to put on a race on a Saturday afternoon... On, yeah, Saturday afternoon that the capacity is, like, 60,000 plus and you get, like... 5,000 people there. Like, how are you making money? I don't know. It's all on the TV, I guess, because the Saturday and Friday crowds are pretty dismal. Yeah. And we're, we don't typically, at least I don't like to talk about the, the grandstands and how full they are because I have a little different opinion than a lot of fans. I don't think the sport is really suffering. I don't think the, the product is so terrible. I think the racing is pretty much just as good as it's ever been. In fact, I would argue that it's even more competitive now than it has ever been. But there are just more options and choices for people to do where the casual fan may have, like, we may have lost the casual fan, the guy that's tuned in on Sunday afternoon when there wasn't anything else on, when he only had you know, basic cable plus ESPN, but now there's an MLB network, NHL network, Fubo TV, Hulu, yeah. Hulu uh, Amazon Prime. And I mean, there's just so many different options and things. So maybe NASCAR, instead of constantly having to be like, Martin Truex Jr., <laughs> first win on a road course. Like, okay, we get it. Because we're race fans. Tailor the product to race fan and try to build from your base because uh, racing is still great and we saw it at the finish of this race on sunday this pandemonium on and off the racetrack yeah people love ryan blaney he's a fan favorite he only has one win but is still a fan favorite and when he was when when i looked and saw that he was a third place car mm-hmm. as soon as they crashed I, was, I knew i mean i knew he was in third yeah. and i was like right i was up on my feet and i'm looking at the crowd and first off great crowd at the roval and everyone was just going like fists in the air and yeah. hooting and hollering because the 78 spun, the 48's in the grass, and nobody knows what's going to happen. And right. to me, that's racing. It's a throwback yeah. to, to uh, Petty and Pearson. Right, yeah. Yeah, I was telling you that before the show. I thought, like, literally, as soon as they spun out, I was like, I, that was the first thing I thought of, obviously. Or Donnie third... and Kale. Yeah. And, and Richard coming around for the win in 79 at Daytona. Yeah. Uh, just... That's a classic race. Whether you like the Roval or not, uh, it, it's going to go down in history as uh, if uh, just a unique race. Ryan Blaney takes home the trophy. Uh, and there was a great crowd in the grandstands, in the infield. And not only that, there had seats and viewpoints all along the perimeter 
on down the back stretch and in mm-hmm. the corners, and there were people all over. I, so I think the race was a success. Oh yeah, it definitely was a success, and I'm not taking anything away from that. You know that there was definitely was some exciting moments to this race. Um, but I just wasn't you know a fan of you know of the track and the race of itself. But that, like we said, that restart, uh, the finish, not just with uh, Jimmy and Martin Truex, but also with Kyle Larson. Well, hold on. Yeah, exactly. We, I mean, we would be amiss if we didn't really discuss how we, if that built up because. I thought it was a great race as far as strategy goes. We were starting to say before, like, Larson dominated that first stage. He took the, in f- the first one. Yeah. And then a lot of the guys pushed the fuel miles or trying to make it like a two-stop strategy type of thing. But Blaney made a great move with a few other guys, and they came in before the first stage ended and got back up, and then they didn't have to pit, stayed out, and then won the second stage. For uh, and a lot of guys collected huge amount of points. Jimmy Johnson being one of them. Yeah. Pit strategy was huge, and then all of a sudden at the end, Brad K shows up, and who has just been on absolute fire lately. Yeah. Penske in general, because obviously Blaney gets the win. Abs- like, yeah, yeah, good point. And th- there was a lot of fuel strategy where they were stretching it. I was waiting to see what was going to happen. I was kind of I was on the edge of my seat. There were the guys with the short shifting and. What was good? Like, didn't know how it was gonna pan out, and then Ricky Stenhouse just completely pancakes the wall, and the the Tom's heartburn turn one. <laughs> it led us to a, a a great restart at the end, and I say great restart, uh, kind of jokingly because I forgot to turn <laughs> yeah. a whole bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. Brad just went head on into the wall. Uh, Lar- I think Larson would have made it through had Lar- had uh, Kislowski not, you know, just. Not turned. <laughs> I think he would have made contact with the wall. I don't yeah. know if he would have made the kind of contact. I think he would have like that... just like skimmed it a little bit, but he looked like from the trajectory that he had, you know, had the rear end of Kislowski's car and not been there. Paul Menard in the twenty one just, yeah, just <laughs> plows into them. So they said it was the first time that they had ever first time at the Roval. <laughs> Cold tires. It's a restart. Six to go. It's like thanks. Rick, yeah. we got it, okay? Yeah. yeah. Coming to the green flag, the Geico restart zone. <laughs> Jeez, all right, Rick. Yeah. Tone it down a little bit. <laughs> and then... He's like that guy that keeps yelling, hey, move that truck. <laughs> I can't help it. I really do. I yeah. ran up the stairs the other day <laughs> because I was coming home from work yeah. and I'm coming across the street over here and there's just one truck parked on the side street over here and another truck coming down the little lane and trying to make another because there's a dumpster spot like they got the like the big like uh the big dumpsters down the road uh, yeah. and so this truck's always coming this way and they get stuck and i saw this and they're beeping the horns and <laughs> i'm running up the stairs open up the window hey move that truck <laughs> what are you doing with that horn <laughs> because you know in new york yeah. people think if you beep the horn that's going to get yeah, everything will solve everything. It's gonna yeah. solve everything. The, yeah. the trucks. Yeah, that guy's gonna move. Yeah, because he he's not moving right now because he just doesn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it looks like the guy is on lunch break or something at the yeah. the little construction yard across the street. Uh-huh. So that's because he parks it right out in front, which is right, like right on across the sidewalk, right in front of the sidewalk, right yeah. there. And so a a truck will be coming to make a left and get stuck. Yeah. And they'll be beeping. The truck will be beeping the horn to try to get whoever has parked that truck to come out. And then you always get some dude come walking out, just all like slow, 
And I'll be like, yeah, buddy, don't take your time. <laughs> but, you know, we have tours that go around here pretty much all afternoon for the Bushwick graffiti tour oh. and stuff like that. So yeah. I like to give the tourists just a real authentic New York City experience. Yeah. yeah. Hey, with that horn, why are you shoving up your ass? <laughs> but anyway, let's yeah. finish up with the Roval. Yeah. And that, was, that restart was just incredible. I had never seen anything like it. I jumped up out of my seat. Yeah. It was almost co- borderline comical. <laughs> uh, and then with two to, to uh, restarted with two to go. Big wild finish. Almirola cutting through the field. The playoff pictures going back and forth. And then I'm like, look at this, Jimmy Johnson going for number eight, seven time yeah. champ Jimmy Johnson. Uh, he's gonna pull this off. I th- I thought he had Martin Truex at the end. And he just locked it up, going into that last chicane. Yeah. Spun around, contact with seventy-eight. Ryan Blaney takes the checker flag, and he'll be. He'll yeah, always I, go. I I think he. I don't think Jimmy should have been going for the win there. I think he should have just Oof. gone for the points, and we he was he was going to advance. Night. He was going to advance. He was in, and I was saying to myself, "Look at this. This guy's going to advance, and if he does, you can't count him out. Right. And especially if he won that race with the five bonus points that carry on." I was. This guy could be right up there, if, yeah. and if he gets us into that last race at Homestead, you, you can't count him out. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then, well, what do you think of that contact after the race between Truex and Jimmy? Uh, it was a little uncalled for because it's not like Jimmy intentionally turned him. He just locked the brakes and crashed. Crashed, and unfortunately, you know, just swiped the back end of Truex and then hit him again as they were <laughs> both spinning through the chicane there. That kind of reminded me of a wreck with uh, on the first lap. I don't know why I'm thinking about it. Between uh, Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton, they got together and he spun. He went into mm-hmm. the grass and Nico went to make the turn and just the momentum just took yeah. him out. Oh. It's the dog, <laughs> it's the dude. Dog. <laughs> yeah, we had the cut before. Dan's accusing me of uh, contaminating the studio, but I think it's the dog sitting on the bed over here. What are you feeding her? Taste of the wild, man. I don't know. It's good, it's good stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. She's a healthy pup. Yeah. And then the, the last thing about the race, which has everybody you know, talking, was Jeffrey Earnhardt getting in contact with Hemrick, crashing, stalling, and Kyle Larson coming around to get one spot, one point, and right. bumping yeah. because you, if, from the playoffs. If you went through the chicane or if you like spun out, you had to come to a complete stop so you wouldn't get penalized. What Jeffrey Earnhardt did was stopped and just sat there <laughs> until Larson went past him. They said he stalled the car, couldn't get it running. I don't think so. You don't think so? But they, no. I mean, he's a, drives a Toyota. Larson's in a Chevy. He's for Chip Ganassi Racing. Do you think they're talking to the 96 team? They're saying, hey, like, like who's running around? That would be a Michael Waltrip Racing, Clint Boyer type of deal from Richmond. Yeah. And that's a big no-no. Maybe it is. So NASCAR, obviously, not going to get to the bottom of it. It raises whole lots of questions about the six-minute clock, the crash clock. Right. Uh, It also was that car, was we've talked about this on the show, when you're fighting the clock, you're sending a driver out on the racetrack with perhaps an unsafe machine. Right. And there was only, what, a few laps left. All he had to do was get up to minimum speed and just finish the race. Obviously, the car was torn up from that wreck. And he hit the wall coming out of out of four or NASCAR sixteen, four. whatever. Yeah, sixteen, yeah. <laughs> whatever turn it was. Um, 
and then still manage to get through the chicane and hit the wall one more time before crossing the finish line. Yeah, well, he, he says that he blew the right front, so he finished the lap with a blown right front yeah. because there was so much damage on the right front of the car from that last wreck that if he picked up the speed to get around, it was he was like, it's going to cut the tire. Yeah. So if you know it's out there... I can't believe that he was even like on the race on right. the race course. Well, they needed to get that one point to advance. That's, and a little, they did. that's crazy. Yeah. Just how much debris is he dropping down? I know it's the end of the race. It's yeah. just a, a little weird. Yeah. And I think NASCAR needs to revisit the crash clock for next season and just like make it more fan friendly. How do we yeah. know who's on the crash clock? Right. I think every team needs a clock above the pit box. Yeah, I think their pit box should be lit up LED. That when they pull into their pit stall, it right. starts. Yeah, not, not like entering on pit, pit lane, lane. Yeah. or when you're getting off pit lane. Right. It, it should start like you hit the box, you're on the clock. Right. And then there should be a little, a uh, little ticker on on the TV broadcast that says the driver and their car number and the clock right there. Exactly. Just like, uh, just like the shot clock in in basketball. You know, they always bring up the little the play graphic. clock in football. Yeah. I don't know Shoot. baseball has nothing. They just no, you know, they no. just all it takes all yet. night. No, nothing yet. All right, I, th- I think we've uh, sort of exhausted the Roval. Uh, let's move on to some other racing news. So let's keep the the road racing theme going here. Um, Sonoma announced that in 2019 NASCAR will use the carousel for the first time since 1997. That's pretty cool. Carousel. I think it's a great idea, actually. The I think the Sonoma Sonoma's always been a great track. Um, I think uh, maybe... Snapping some I just uh, <laughs> This picture of Clint Boyle, we pause it at a really weird moment. <laughs> He's like getting... What's he doing? Uh, it could be a, a, a number of things. He's either praising the Lord or... Taking in some sun... Yeah, or relieving himself. <laughs> he does look like he just got out of the race car and he'd be taking a really big pee. Yeah. <laughs> we'll um, post it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's cool. It you know expand. It's the full course at Sonoma, and I always thought kind of out of coming out of turn five, I think it is when they come down that hill and they make that right hand turn. Mm-hmm. Lately, the last couple of years, that turn they keep making that turn wider, and they like you know looks like they're gonna hit the concrete barrier that's right there. So I think it's cool that they're kind of gonna make that sweep, go in through the carousel, um, and I think Watkins Glen should add the boot. So say the, when does uh, when does the Glen run the boot now? There's yeah. always that campaign coming around <laughs> August. Run the boot. Yep. The 2019 rules package was announced. This uh, was a big surprise to me. Yeah. So. Basically, they're eliminating the restrictor plate, but they're going to be using a tapered spacer to to cut back the horsepower from 750 to 550 for the two and a half mile tracks. So, I don't know. Apparently, it's just going to be some of the same kind of racing, you know, just a different way of slowing the cars down. A different way of slowing the cars down, limiting horsepower, limiting RPMs. And we're going to be left with pack racing, but I guess they're hoping for a better airflow through the engine. So maybe the guys have a little more throttle response Yeah. when, when they have to lift and mm-hmm. they don't have to build up so much momentum in the draft to get a run right. and get around some guys. Listen, with racing, all they could do is try. And that's the yep. thing. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it misses. 
uh, not every race is a great race. Yeah. It's just the thing. Like, we watch, we said so many times on this show, you watch a football game or a baseball game, you never, you watch every week because you never know when you're going to see this miraculous finish. Right. But, but sometimes it, sometimes it finishes with Martin Truex with a 14 second lead on a mile and a half race. It's just <laughs> yeah. the way it goes sometimes. So, two other things with this rules package um, there's going to be an eight inch spoiler by 61 inches wide. So, I think that's a two inch higher spoiler than what they're currently running. And the splitter overhang is going to be two inches. And I think right now it's like three quarters of an inch or something really small. So they're kind of going backwards with the spoiler and the splitter. As far as downforce, right? Yeah. But they're also adding the arrow ducks. So for some tracks, they'll have them open. Some tracks, they'll keep them closed. So I think the, I think the two and a half mile tracks... And like Indy, I think they'll use those to try and promote some more passing. Um, but on the mile and a halfs and the and the short tracks, they'll keep them blocked up. I'm not I'm not opposed to trying something new like this. Uh, we'll see where it goes, and hopefully we have an exciting race in February. Yeah. Uh, the big news coming out of the Northeast. This was a surprise, but yeah. but welcome and happy news. Yep, Ryan Priest is uh, going to be joining JT, JGT Racing and will be in the 47 car in 2019. Teammates with Busher, I think that's a pretty good team. Busher's pretty good. He gets caught up in a lot of mess because he's in that dangerous dangerous area of the racetrack where yeah. you're racing 15th to 20th and with a lot of guys that are fast but not but struggling with right. handling. So sometimes that leads to... I, I mean, I'm real excited because, you know, he's a Northeast guy. You know, we've been a fan of his for a couple of years now in the Modifieds. I just don't, like, he's been great in uh, the Gibbs cars. I feel like going to JGT is kind of like a step down. I, I think they're supposed to have a, an alliance with Hendrick for their engines next year. Yes. Um, so maybe that'll help a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. He alone can't make the team better because they haven't really been that great of a team. You know, I expect the car to run exactly where it has this year, mm-hmm. but I think that he might be able to get a little more out of it than AJ Allmendinger. who's a great road racer. We saw that this past weekend, but we also saw him, he had a fast car, but he made one great move, dive bombing, turn one. The Tums heartburn <laughs> turn one. AJ Allmendinger <laughs> to the inside, but he uh, he 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 doesn't have his head twisted on right, man. Like he just <laughs> now compared to a guy like Brad Keselowski, AJ Allmendinger not in as good of equipment, not as fast, facing adversity, having a hard time at Watkins Glen, places where he has a chance, and kind of just crumbled under it, and got himself into into trouble making contact then you have a guy like brad keselowski and why i picked him to win the championship is because he was facing adversity all season long penske was struggling in the beginning uh, kind of finding it a little comical how well the fours have performed when he was so, always saying how much they lacked in power yeah. and, and performance but through all that time and that that what you t- what it takes to just keep going showing up every race Trying and failing, trying and failing, and then finally rattling off three wins in a row. It's an amazing thing to do. Yeah. And coming in now with a lot of momentum, playoff points, 
and knowing that you know we can win races and we might be able to pull this thing off. Look at where we've come from this season. I thought that put him in a bigger uh, advantage than the big three who have been performing great all season and uh, anything can happen battling each other, bumping, bumping runs or dumping mm-hmm. each other. And I just thought it was just the right time. I thought Kozlowski yeah. could win this championship. So I just want to give a shout out to a Penske employee, Tony Urbina, or Tony the race car driver, as I used to call him. Tony the race car driver. <laughs> Friend of my dad's, who's a, a late model driver back in the day at Riverhead. Um, now he's he's at Penske, so go Tony and Penske. Yeah, with the big win this weekend, and also getting the number two car back to a high level of performance. Yeah. Because it kind of came out of nowhere. And even though a couple of things worked out in their favor, as far as pitch strategy goes, getting tires and rubber at the right time, but... That's racing, making that call. And he's got a great crew chief, a great spotter. They're a really good team. And I think because, well, I'm really talking about this because all of a sudden it was another thing they asked you to pick on the NASCAR Fantasy League. Oh, yeah, your uh, pick. So if you didn't pick championship pick. Yeah. Who did you pick? Harvick. You took Harvick. Yeah. I didn't go through to see who everyone took, but I just thought Kozlowski had a chance. Yeah. So this isn't really news. I mean, you know, just something I came across when I was perusing Facebook. Uh, but I just got, like, this notification that NASCAR changed their home tracks page to, uh, they renamed it to NASCAR Regional and Local Series. So, you know, a couple of years per really promoting that home track, you know, campaign and trying to, you know, uh, you know give light to all these, you know, short tracks around the country. And they're just going to abandon that and just give it some generic name. I don't know. Seems kind of weird. A little weird, I guess. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, they, they did put a lot into that, uh, the branding of the home track thing, all the, the art and the, the right. logos and stuff. But Riverhead, just this year, you know, decided to, you know, their, their part of their marketing was New York's home track. You know, it was all over their, their Facebook and their website. So... Need Whatever. a better in- need an Instagram page. Yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah, with these racetracks, the new Smyrna page is great. Some of these other ones who got some great clips of racing on there. Need to get on. They need, they need to get on that. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some of the uh, upcoming race schedules. The K N Pro East Series on f- this Friday, October five. The Crosley One Twenty Five from Dover. That's their final race of the season. So oh, the one wrapping up. Yep. Uh, the ARCA series will be at Lucas Oil Raceway on Saturday, October 6th. That's a dirt track, right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. For the Shore Launch 200. And then this weekend, Formula One, the Japan Grand Prix. And also coming up after that is the U.S. Grand Prix in just a couple of weeks. So uh, don't miss that at in Austin. Yes. The MotoGP, the Thailand Grand Prix, K&N Pro Series West, Saturday, October 13th, the Toyota Napa Auto Care 200 at All-American Speedway, Roseville, California. The Wheel and Modify Tour comes back Sunday, October 14th, Sunoco World Series 150 at Thompson, Connecticut. That's the final race of the season. Justin Bonsignor having a pretty remarkable modified season. 
And uh, the, there's got one more coming go. up. And this is another final race of the season. <laughs> the IMSA, WeatherTech, Continental Sports Car. No, they have one more after this, actually. Right, Petit Le Mans is not the last race yep. of the season? I always yep. thought it was. Yep. Oh, great. Where do they finish the season, then? Um, I don't know. I was looking at the schedule earlier today, but I don't know. I can look it up for you, though. Hmm. I, I just got to a page. Is that a points race at Sebring? Not the biggest... Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an IMSA fan, but mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the Continental Sports Car Series, but the Sports Car Encore at Sebring. I guess they're racing there again. Yeah. Anybody wants to, you know, fill us in if that's actual a points race or because I always saw Petit Le Mans finish their season. The It'd be pretty cool to go there. Well, Sebring's an awesome racetrack. Yeah. Super fast. A lot of fun to watch. Real, right. Real bumpy and dirty and sandy. <laughs> and then this weekend at Dover, Friday is. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget about the Cup Series and the NASCAR <laughs> yep. weekend, right? <laughs> yep. Friday is Cup qualifying at 3.40 p.m., uh, but it's going to be on tape delay, shown on N- NBCSN at 5.30. Got to have your picks in before 340. 3.40. Uh, Saturday, the Xfinity Series, the Bar Harbor 200, presented by Sea Witch International at 3 p.m. on NBCSN. And Sunday, the Big Show Cup Series, Gander 4, Gander Outdoors 400, 2 p.m. on NBCSN. All right, Dan, so Dover kicks off the next round. Yes. The round of eight. Do you have a prediction? Who's going and who's who's uh, getting eliminated? I do. So I think the drivers that will advance are Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex, so your big three, uh, will include Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Kurt Busch, Ryan Blaney, and Kyle Larson, which means that the cars eliminated are Alex Bowman, Eric Almarola, Clint Boyer, and Chase Elliott. It's a good pick, and mine pretty much mimic that, except I'm going to take Joey Logano out of the round of eight, and instead I'm going to put in Chase Elliott. Hmm. I think he has a knack for... This playoff, I think he's going to find a way to kind of keep he's on that bubble. There. He's the first driver on yeah, the bubble. Yeah, exactly. So. He's kind of right there. And all it takes is just one, ra- one race for something to happen. Does this flip-flop everything? And, t- yeah, maybe it's my bias coming in not being a Joey Logano <laughs> fan and I don't, don't want to see him in the playoffs <laughs> anymore. But I just don't think he's really got it this season. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... Ryan Blaney, who I would probably have picked to not advance had he not won last weekend. Yeah. Uh, but now he has those five bonus points that could really just change everything. Yep. To see how close it got. We had a three-way tie for the last, <laughs> the last spot. But I think, I think also we'll see Bowman, Almirola, and Clint Boyer eliminated as well alongside Joey Logano. Well, it was great to be back after a few weeks off, and we'll make sure to recap what's going on uh, as soon as we decide to get back on the internet airwaves and do another show. (laughs) (laughs) Hit us up on Instagram, and until the next time, this was Debris in Turn 3. My name is Matt. My name is Dan. Peace. Peace.